3: safe with one game still to play. I'm Stephen Goldsmith and I've got some guests with me here on the Wise Men's Save podcast tonight to talk about that carnival of football we witnessed last night. And it was a carnival, it felt like one anyway. What about that last night, Gareth? Quickly, because we're still the intro part. Good. Good? That's a good summation, I suppose. Right. Tom Lane and Gary Foster are here with us as well. Two quiet and unopinionated blokes, I would say. Um, Gary, you're a bit of a good look charm for us lately on here. You were just seeing before the mics come on.
1: Yeah, the last couple of times I've been on, uh, everything we've talked about has been very positive, which is it's always nice. It's, to start it's unusual, you. but it's
3: it's always nice. <laughs> that one's I have to start booking in every week. Then. <laughs> 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 Tom, bit of a mixed bark for you, I think, isn't it? Coming on here results wise. Yeah, I mean, um, I think the last time I was on, we
2: you know we didn't really know where we were. Um, you know, the last few weeks have just been amazing beyond I think anybody's sort of wildest dreams. Really, not not just the fact that we've picked the points up, but the way we've played against you know some some decent opposition as well. Um, obviously, started with a Man City game, and gone on from there. You know, you know, as the cliche goes, if somebody said you need to win at Chelsea and Old Trafford, and you know, try and pick something up at. Uh, at the Etihad, it was it was almost an impossible dream, and it's you know it's a dream that's come true.
3: Hmm. Remarkable, Gary, isn't it? We're thinking back even as recently as the Everton game, where we played all right. Probably the first time we played all right since Wembley, and we thought, you know, that's more like the
1: performance is better, the performance is all right, but it came a little bit too late. That's what it felt like. I, I've got to be honest, I'll I hold my hands up. With, I'm over the moon, to be wrong, but uh, after the whole game, I thought that was it, i I really thought that was a good night, God bless, really. I think the Norwich
3: one for me, and then Spurs, West Ham, those three, when Gus sort of lost it with the three-centre-half the three yeah. thing. But, uh, Gareth, do you, do you think, like, I mean, we've had a few escapes and misses over the years, haven't we? Do, do you think this, it's almost like sort of feeling similar to winning promotion, in a way, because we're winning every week, so we're, like, riding on a wave of euphoria. <laughs> you know, like normally in a relegation battle, you're successful because you're, rely, you're relying on other teams to be, Crap! Really, mm. <laughs> basically, for what of a better word, like when Newcastle went down that time, that was it was quite sweet. But we didn't even win that game, did we? And this, you know what I mean. This got more of a, like a promotion charge feel to it, not mm. it?
4: Well, I think we have relied on the other teams being crap uh, Norwich at the same have done time, Norwich I mean, have done us yeah. a big favour, haven't they? I mean, one have point it, since the Beatles yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I mean, Swansea, I'm oh, sorry, Cardiff have won a game, and I think you know, Fulham won a game or something. And but they just it's a bad league really isn't it at the bottom and uh, it's if you can string one run of four wins in a row together probably at some point in the season that'll be enough to keep you up I mean, you look West Ham did it, I think Villa had a little yeah. spell, Swansea had a little spell and they all looked in trouble at, at a point, uh, Palace obviously have been incredible really recently so if you can get one little run no matter when it is in the season you're likely I think to get out of it and um, you know we've obviously done ours in the the Sunderland way which is uh, leave it at the last minute it's the and, new uh,
3: Sunderland way I like this Sunderland way better than the old Sunderland <laughs> way it's got to be said but I mean Tom this uh, this Sunderland side looked so mentally weak I think we all called the mountain to be fair I certainly did wrote a couple of things on it and it's sort of now you're looking at a side that's almost laughing in the face of pressure on. not
2: yeah, the the, the whole situation is very strange because um, you know there's been changes in, in in personnel who not too long ago was seen as a, a, a sort of major part of the team. For you know, for example, Key um, isn't involved anymore. Probably our best pure footballer um, in, in terms of his, his sort of comfort on the ball and the way he moves it around. But to be honest, we haven't missed him. And you've had the other end of the scale where you've had Lee Cutlam has been absolutely uh, incredible the last few weeks. I think if you had to pick one player out, um, for me it would be him I mean it it has been a team effort but Cattenham has been superb. I mean the last two or three games he's been spraying sort of 40-50 yard passes around as well, you know in the past you've always seen him as this sort of aggressive combative type player which he is, but he's shown that he's got a lot more to his game. Then you've had other situations, the likes of Larson and Colbach, who you, to me, over the course of the season, you've sort of been watching them one week and they've, they've done very well, and then you watch them, you know, seven days later, and they're totally anonymous. Whereas in this this recent run, they've been doing it week in, mm-hmm. week out. Um, Larson, in particular, now, you know, you've got some of these harshest critics saying, "Well, maybe we should think about giving him a contract." You know, whether that happens or not, I, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. But there's, you know, Vignei first three or four games, he just looked so lackadaisical and out of touch with the the, the, the pace and tenacity of English football. That he, he probably would have gone down in most people's worst mm. ever Sunday eleven. The last few games, people have sort of been saying, "Well, you know, he, he's added something to the team. That, you know, something that, that Phil Bardsley again, despite his aggression and stuff, didn't give us. He's, a, mm. you know, he looks a really good footballer. Just a lot of things have come together all at once. Yeah,
3: more on Virginie in a moment. Just staying with the midfield thing there, Gary. I mentioned Postman United about this midfield trio now. While people, you know, like um, the centre halves and Conor Wickham have been rightly getting plaudits, I, I thought it was important to mention those three in midfield because Tom's just mentioned the inconsist- kis- inconsistency levels there. We call it the revolving door scenario where a midfielder comes in, looks great for a game, and then plays rubbish for a game, and it's not just inconsistency because you know the variations being so vast, and it's important that. We acknowledge in the last four games or so that that's been a, that's been the heartbeat really of the the transformation, has not it? It has. Conor Wickham's it? the obvious one, but yeah. it's important to mention the three midfielders. It
1: has, but I think also you've got to mention the fact that he, he hasn't really tinkered with the side as much. He's, 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 the lads have done the job; they've been rewarded, and but, they've done a the job. But again. these midfielders
3: have made that decision for him easy as yeah. well, haven't?
1: Yeah, but I, you know, when you're getting results like that, you, there's always a temptation to sort of, oh right. New game, big challenge, maybe bring in fresh legs because they ran themselves into the ground last week. Thankfully, he hasn't done that. They've rewarded him and he's rewarded them by keeping them in the team, which I th- it's been absolutely excellent. The role of Lee Catamol's
3: playing is a bit interesting, Gareth, isn't it? Because he's changed a little bit, hasn't he? Um, the fullbacks aren't sort of playing like wingers like they were initially when he came. They are more like fullbacks now, I think. Yeah. And Lee Catamol isn't quite as as deep as maybe Bridcut was, and trying to orchestra a player from deep, he's he's, he's he's I mean, we know that he drives the side forward anyway, but it's it's he's tinkered with it a little bit, hasn't he? And it's 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 looking better.
4: Yeah, I think the the possession football thing still exists, but it's it's um, we're definitely more sort of progressive in it. You know, um, we get the ball forward a lot faster, um, and and has been instrumental in that. I think in in he's you know. Talked about before the switch that he the the ball wide. Um, he's good at that, like you mentioned, Tom before. Um, and you know, Larson's played his part, and and Kovac's played his part. But I think, like we touched on, Catnamall. I thought last night in the first half, he was just unbelievable, um, mm. fantastic. And I, I think Stan
3: Novation said it all. Didn't yeah, it? I've not seen. I don't think I've seen a crowd react to a player going off like that. I think, I I like I that think you
1: time. do. I think you'd have to ask Catnamall yourself, and he'd probably be the only one he wanted to tell you. But I, I, I do wonder whether Brid could come in to help the situation in terms of Lee, a while, isn't Lee's it? not yeah. Lee when Brid came in Lee wasn't first choice anymore, it, it, you know, and it, it wasn't in the comfort zone. It's not, he it wasn't sort of first name on the on the team sheet anymore. And I think that spurred him on to bigger and better things, and I think we've seen the benefit of that on the pitch.
2: Yeah, I think we've also we've done away with that that, that sort of um, system where they had. A player, which was cut for a few games. You know, the, the situation against Aston Villa on New Year's mm. Day, we gave really the ball away. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And then, and then, Bridcut came in and, and took over that role. That role just doesn't exist in the current the current setup, mm. and I think we're actually better for it. I think sometimes the the back four almost felt obliged to give it to that player, you know, mm. whoever he was. Um, and I think we're playing it a lot. You know, although we playing playing possession football, I think the type of football we're playing now is
4: is a lot more fluent, and I think mm. we're better for it. The movement of the ball now. Is brilliant. Like maybe that deep line player had an effect on that because, like you say, there's just too much responsibility on him. We'll yeah. just keep give him the ball, give mm. him the ball back. Yeah. When there's not an option, he's always on. So to yeah. e- do you think that's e- encourage a touch of laziness, I don't think. Uh, I, think the p- you know. I think
1: the passing's quicker as well, yeah. now, isn't it? Oh, it's definitely. It's a lot crisper and it, it's still possession football, yeah. like Tom says, but. We're not holding on to it for half an hour while yeah. we look for somebody to pass it to. Do you think
3: that's something to do with the, the, the transaction between the Championship and the Premier League and Gus's eyes? And maybe something's clicked, the penny's dropped in a certain way because he came in set in that system, didn't he? And when it started to look like it wasn't working anymore, I don't know how he stumbled across what, what he's doing now, but he has. Well obviously on the training ground, give him credit for it, but he, he seems to have just got it spot on at the
1: moment. Well, yeah, but I think it's also the players are getting used to the system, aren't they? It, it, they've... I think there's sort of, between them, between Gus and the players themselves, they seem to have worked out that, yeah, it's about possession football, but it's about possession football at pace and with purpose. Just passing it about between yourselves for 20 minutes, it's not going to get the job done.
4: I would liken it to um, when Brendan, Brendan Rodgers was at Swansea and he had a, a possession football style mm-hmm. of way of playing, and then he took it to Liverpool and he kind of did the same sort of Developed thing. Developed it a little bit. And then he? this season yeah. he's brought it on and they do keep it but they've got a lot more thrust and they're a lot quicker and it's almost like Gus has kind of transitioned from those between those two things As over the course of the season it took going to three at the back to try and discover maybe that he had to tr- revert to this system and he needs to find another way to get the ball forward quickly and when you look back maybe like we have discussed that deep line player was a person he was orchestrating everything but he was killing everything at the mm-hmm. same time and yeah that's that's maybe a, a lesson learned and
3: you've got to think teams sussed out as it went on as well i think tom um credit to the fans as well who there was always a worry that the fans wouldn't take to this style of football but i think there was i mean there was occasions last night where we were keeping the ball and we were going all the way back to the goalkeeper and it was getting an applause from the fans so that suggests they're all on board with it i mean i don't know what you guys think I think the first half performance, granted, the opposition take the o- opposition um, into account at West Brom. They seem to have, uh, they seem to be eyeing up the beach towels on the beach <laughs> early, didn't they? But um, that first yep. half of football is the best I've seen in the stadium yeah. for a good I three th- years or so.
2: Yeah, I think I think the quality of the football has sort of built up, a bit, you know, from possibly the Liverpool away game, we did play quite well, even though we lost. There's been some games where, um, you know, played Everton at home, played quite well and lost. Uh, there's been other games where we've just been pretty mediocre such as like West Ham at home, where we've been really poor, Norwich Away, you know, which weren't that that, that long ago. But I think now the, the the confidence has come. Um as I say, I think that not having that one sitting player in front of the back four this possession football sort of it's almost become an obsession with some clubs and I was reading something from uh, Sean Dyke, Burnley's manager and he, you know, he was saying that all clubs have sort of been looking at Barcelona um over the last few years as a sort of, you know, the pinnacle of like how to play football, but his argument is that you've got to have the players to play that yeah. style, and that managers at all levels, obviously, you've got to try and get a team together playing the you know in in their in their best style. So you may have a bit of possession football, you may have a bit of pace, uh, you may change your system for certain games. But uh, Poyet has almost stumbled on this because we went through such a bad patch after the Capital Cup final, um, and then. W- you know, you had Key got injured, so he was out of the team. So he had to try something else with that situation. Then you had Bridcut. Um, I think he got dropped initially because of his form, but then he, you know, he was away for a couple of games because he he was having personal problems um, with the birth of his, you know, his young son. So we have almost stumbled on it, but I think you know, it's it, 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 we're at the position now where the thing is to take it forward for next season. You know, to to really learn some lessons from what's gone wrong this season. Um, and the irony has been that we've played our best football against the better side so there's there's, there's this psychological scenario to, to come over so any new players coming in we, we need them to be able to you know, hopefully do it week in, week out Well the last two
3: home games, Gareth, yeah. have been against sides in and around us on the table In, in us? The, yeah, yeah, but 2-0, 4-0, two clean sheets and we've looked mm. very convincing in them both Yeah, yeah,
4: um, but just going back to the point Thomas was I, I agree that he has kind of stumbled across it but at the same time he only stumbled across it because he was willing to change and a lot of managers aren't mm. so I think he needs to be you know, eventually I think when you look back he came in we had one point from seven games and he lost his first game so one from eight and since then he's been searching for the formula um, and it's brought some really good results it's brought some really bad results um, mm. but in the end We've got there he's he has like you say stumbled across something, but I think
2: he's done, don't get me wrong
4: he's done fantastically yeah, yeah. well because he's been fighting fires
2: you know from yeah, from, exactly. the, from the day he came in he had to inherit you know not just the psychological mess that Tecanney had left the players' minds in um but also he had, he's had to work um with his squad devoid of the majority of the summer signings you know he must have been wondering himself you know who was this Defanti guy what he brought these players and you know they've all been sent out on loan and. You know, hardly any of them made an impact on the on the team. So, yeah, don't get me wrong, I think Poirier's done a fantastic job and I, I hope that he's going to stay mm. for, a, for a long time now because the one thing this club needs that we've all mentioned is stability. Mm, and I think Poirier again. has got something, he's definitely got something about him.
1: I, I think, just touching on, just quickly touching on what Gareth said about the, um, the fact that he's been willing to change, I think one of the biggest criticisms I certainly had of Martin O'Neill was <laughs> it was this way and it, yeah. it wasn't a plan B. You know, Gus has tried to keep playing this passing football, passing football, but he's tried three at the back, he's tried to change it around in the middle, he's tried to change it around up top. He's been willing, even while sticking to his you know, his, his principles of passing football, keeping it on the deck, he's been willing to change things around in terms of formation and personnel. And, you know, fair play to Remy, he deserves all the credit he gets for that. I think what, was, what I noticed, Gary, last night was that we could afford
3: Conor Wickham and Adam Johnson not to have great games, yet the confidence was still flowing through the side. Yeah, uh, because we we've we've commented before, haven't we, about how Conor Wickham's his inclusion's been important and it's had knock on effects all over the field. Now, even though he wasn't, the ball wasn't sticking greatly with him yesterday. It wasn't one of his best games. It didn't it didn't affect anybody's confidence. The midfielders were still looking for that ball. They were still moving forward where before they were sort of reluctant to do that. Yeah. When the likes of Altador weren't performing or Fletcher,
1: yeah, I, and you know? I, well, I think it's winning, winning games breeds confidence, does not it? it I huge, know it sounds it? simple, it's huge, but it's it is, yeah. you know, <laughs> we. I think that's another reason why the fans have started to buy into what they're seeing on the pitch in terms of keeping, keeping hold of the ball. Mm. If it's working, then then fans are willing to stick with it and and give the guys on the pitch and and the guys who's running the show all the time in the world, as long as it's working, as long as they can see something positive coming out of it. And the last few games, it, you know, you couldn't argue what you what you've getting off the club. I think confidence in the back four, Gareth, as well, apparent,
3: isn't it? Mm. As a unit, sort of confidence personified, really. They look like they've been playing together for five years or so, that back four. I mean, I and Brown have played together yeah. a lot, even mm. though they didn't play a lot together yeah, at centre-half for Man United. People forget that. Because they were full, used as full-back a lot, like I remember
4: Brown was out for a long time at Sunderland, so yeah. they haven't played together a lot in that respect. But it looks
3: unshakable at back yeah. four, Bra- I think I mean, Brown
4: has been... like They've all taken the turns. I think Alonso had a bit of a wobble. He's um, improved defensively, but he's, got, defensively you know, he's improved clever, the last he's, few games. I think he's a clever player. Like He knows he's going to get outstripped for pace sometimes, and if that's the case, he just doesn't get tight, he just drops deep, and then you know, tries to... Sort of stand off and, and and win the ball that way. He doesn't get sucked in and, and caught behind. Um, and he hasn't done that um, for a good few weeks. Um, you know, O'Shea. A lot of criticism at the start of the season, but I think he's a little bit of a an unsung hero in, yeah, in the last few months. Totally agree with that. I think
2: O'Shea. Um, you know, even even during the sort of rough periods, he he never moaned. Well, when um, he got
1: dropped to Tottenham, didn't he? So do you think that's mm-hmm. done him some good? Yeah, I don't think I think John hasn't hid. Do you know what I mean? It would have been easy to sort of say medals on the table and look what I did at Man United, and I'm not putting up with this. But he hasn't. He's, he's come out. He's fought. He's got his rewards from that. We've seen how good he's been the last few games and what have you. But he even when talking to the press, he hasn't said. No thanks, I don't want to. He's come out. I know he's a skipper, and he's, it's expected of him. But they don't always do that. He's come out. He's never tried to hide. Mm-hmm. He's never tried to make any apologies or point the finger elsewhere, or it's not down to me or anything like that. And I think he deserves a lot of plaudits for that as well.
2: Yeah, I think he's he's quite uh, quite a modest lad in relation. To, you know where he's come from, what he's achieved in his career, both you know at Man United and internationally um he's just one of those footballers that a lot of people for whatever reason don't rate don't give enough credit to but he's he's made a great career for himself and I think he's he's been um really instrumental in in what we've done you know
4: throughout this season really you don't play regularly in multiple championship winning teams and champions league winning sides no. if you're not very good no. and you, you don't you're not rated and plenty of players have gone into man united and yeah. who have been highly rated and found it very difficult yeah. He's was there for a very long time and was very successful, and you know, like he's had bad spells, especially at the beginning of this season. He had an absolute nightmare, um, but he's come back from that, and I think Virginie as well going out right back. Um,
1: he's, a, he's a far better right. In my opinion, he's a far better right back than he is a centre half.
4: He um he he looks like he's playing. Well, I think
1: it's it. the improvement from him every game. As but well, he, look, he, he, he looks like
4: now when I watch, I was kind of watching him like he looks like he's a a player playing like the level he's playing that's now below him, now he's at right back. It's bizarre. Like you know when you watch like a pre season game or something like that and someone just says, oh, I'm gonna go out and just, you know, tick t- tick over for twenty five minutes, mm-hmm. get some minutes under my belt it yeah. looks like he's that la- like he's so relaxed and casual and he's just
3: He's timing and the tackle to- tyc- yeah. last night was, Intel- was, was in remarkable wasn't intelligent. It? Perfect.
4: Yeah. Um again does what we're talking about with Alonso early drops off um doesn't get caught in behind um, doesn't lunge in anymore he's he's obviously an intelligent player just receives the ball well and I think it was such a shame he uh, didn't take that chance because yeah. that would have been I think that would have brought the roof off it's up like Ca- carter on I know <laughs> <a person laughs> from the right
3: it, same corner as it would have been the same
4: corner yeah, and the same goal as well I was just thinking like when you were, like when he had it I just thought just pass it because he's a good passer I just thought just pass it into the corner he didn't have to lace it uh, that, but, uh,
1: that's the difference for me as well I think Tom's already said it but Bosley's hundred percent there, but the amount of times he cuts inside and tries mm. this worldie, yeah and mm. it, it very rarely comes off. And that, mm. that's one of my biggest criticisms of Gardner as well. When, you know, when the pressure's on, and you're looking for something, it, they very rarely try and just clip the ball through or try and find a pass. They try and do this, you know, this mm. absolutely wonder strike, and it, it very rarely comes off. Yeah. But Virginie clever on the ball, goes forward very rarely wasted, and right, it might not be a blood and thunder guy like Bardsley is going into the tattle, but like you say, his he's tattling last night it was fantastic. Doesn't, doesn't but his, his distribution he? as well, and, and his calm head on the ball, and mm. he looks like he's somebody that's not, especially going forward, he's not fierce on the ball. He doesn't. It's not hot potato, it's not, what do I do now? What do I, there's no like getting forward and having a nosebleed because he's that far up, you know what I mean?
4: And that's even more impressive, like Tom was saying, he had a mare, like when he started, yeah. he had a, a bad game against Tottenham, a bad game against Liverpool, really. And and one didn't have a great game against Arsenal either. Yeah. Um. So for somebody to to come back from that, be basically a bit of a laughing stock. Mm-hmm. Pe- yeah. Like people, you know, a lot of people who don't watch Sunderland every week will see a player a match of the day, and then they'll talk widely mm-hmm. to to a wider audience about how bad this person is at football. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, written them off completely, and he's come back. Like you say composure, like that's and again. It's, it's credit to to, to Gus Poyet as well
2: because really, you know, ninety nine point nine percent of fans would have had him out after mm. two or three mm. games, and I'll I'll include myself in that. Yeah. Obviously, Poyet knows his history, um, knows the reasons he bought him, and sees him in training, and, and he's like left him in and let him ride the storm, even though it could have been an expensive <laughs> stop. But fortunately, you know, the fact that the other players have all come into their own as well has obviously helped Virginie But to give to give him his due. It probably would have been easy for him to, to yeah. basically ask. To, he was that bad in his first mm. few games. You could almost imagine him asking him to
4: be dropped and, and, and left out for a while. You know, I, I quite like. I did quite like the look of him, but he had those three terrible games. Mm-hmm. Um, Arsenal where it was Arsenal was the one. was a real bad one. Um, and yeah, um, look, 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 looking at him
2: now, I'm, I'm almost prepared to give. Uh, Shocko, well the benefit of the doubt as well, because you know, he got criticised. Give January time, and we give. Well, maybe he just needs something. to adapt as well.
4: Yeah, I've <laughs> to a fair few people about Scott Rowe, and they've all said, a few people when we signed him, said, they watched a lot of it saying, great signing, great player. Um, and then a lot of people I've you know, speak to who've been on the podcast and stuff like that, I'll say, when Scott was brought up, they'll say, training supposed to be excellent mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people I think three three of the guys we've had on the pod who were in the media have all said from what mm-hmm. they've heard he's got a lot of ability and given, it, yeah. and given and mm-hmm. given a pre-season which he, had, he hadn't had before he come yeah. here um, next year he could be a real asset so yeah. that's I, I quite think exciting
1: they, I think to be fair to both Scott and, and uh, Virginie, you know it's got to be difficult mm. considering where they, the club was the rock bottom confidence is rock bottom. The lads, they're playing alongside, their heads are down and, and, and dropping at the time, and they're coming in and, and, and we are saying to them, "Right, now it's down to you. You lift us. Yeah. You it's sort it like, out, It's yeah. like
2: the style of football as well, isn't it? Because yeah. you, you watch Latin American games on you know on satellite, and it, it's almost at walking pace a lot mm-hmm. of the time. And then they're coming into the Premiership, um, and it, you know it is frantic.
4: That's that, that's the only word for it. You haven't got the time on the ball. No, that, no, that, and. But you see Virginie didn't have that at the start. he was yeah. casual and now he looks he looked casual now yeah. he looks comfortable. That's yeah. what yeah. I'd say. He's got yeah. time on the ball, but he's aware whereas yeah. before he thought he had more time on the ball than he actually did yeah,
2: I think you know Scott would be interesting actually if if they could give him you know saying there's nothing to lose on to give him yeah. a good chunk of the game on Sunday maybe give him the whole of the second half or something I'd, just I'd to, be tempted to put just, him in as well, yeah just to, to you know let him play in front of a full crowd when people are in a you know decent mood and stuff and just say how he comes on I mean it was a bit of a gripe if we're honest I think when you go back uh, to sort of January transfer window when he signed him and then came out and said well you know he's not doing that well because he hasn't had a full pre-season and everyone's thinking well you should really be signing a striker who can come straight in and do the business and maybe you've signed Scott in the summer but
3: uh, you know as I say when you look at Virginie he looks good there could be an argument that Poyet thought because we were playing really well January um, so there could be an argument. Poyer thought we were on that much of an upwards trajectory. Mm-hmm. He maybe could afford these players a little time. Of course, then we hit a bad run of form. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask what you think about the Swansea game specifically when we come back. Um, we'll have a Swansea guest on as well. For now, he's a little bit from Niall Quinn about the current state of affairs. things
5: have worked out in the last few weeks They've been fantastic. And while I was, uh, I, I, I feel I was I was right to, uh, to question Gus's attitude before the Man City game. Uh, that aside, uh, call that a speed wobble or whatever you want on his on his part, but he's been terrific. And uh, to get his players to to respond and to come out over the last few weeks has just been. Exceptional. I think he's... Um, he, he, he came in, he was more than a breath of fresh air. Yeah. He came in and I know there'll be structures that we're starting to put in place there under the Palo de Canio that, that he'll be at odds with and there'll be different things behind the scenes, but that's, that's for another day. Yeah. That's for the end of the season. I hope now that they can just get this last point, obviously just to, to be because it, it is Sunderland, remember? and yeah. you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we don't we won't take anything for granted, but... Uh, I, I hope they get there. They're very close to it now. It's, it's been extraordinary. It's the great escape, the greatest escape of all the great escapes. Yeah. <laughs> that was a bit mouthful, but, but yeah. that, you know. Um, and, I, and I'm delighted for everybody connected. It's, it's just, it's just great, and and, and it's amazing how you can use that to build and kick on because it must must be a brilliant dressing room to be in right now, yeah. you know. And uh, hopefully, you know, it'll it'll, it'll it'll go that
3: final bit. and I, us can have a, a, a quick break and then uh, get stuck into improving them again next week. That was Niall Quinn talking about the Great Escape before the Great Escape actually materialised last night. That's when we caught up with him down Geordie Craddock's testimonial uh, at Wolves, which was a great day. Out. Gareth, yeah,
4: that was excellent. Yeah, he's gone the gone the score sheet himself. Back post there, mm-hmm. Neil.
3: Right you like to see a diving head We he kind of fell over yeah, and he, fell in. he headed an it in and it fell over. He yeah. withdrew himself immediately as if his work was done. It was like watching Outland or he headed it and fell over but it didn't go in. <laughs> yeah. Right, OK. Uh, Matt Harrison joins us on the line now. He's from the Jackcast, which is a Swansea podcast. I suppose the name's self-explanatory, really, unless it was a podcast made in appreciation of Jack Callback. Which, <laughs> yeah. which, after, be after an after last, player, his last play, but we year. haven't gone that far. Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> his, he deserves one after his last few performances. Um, yeah. Matt, new new manager confirmed. Well, obviously Gary Monk getting it on a permanent basis. Happy with that?
6: Um, yeah, definitely. I've been, I've been a big supporter of him from pretty much the day he was appointed. There's been there's been talk for about three or four years to be honest with you Um, since he started doing like his coaching badges that he would go on and be a football manager of some sort everybody sort of praised his I don't know his coaching and all that sort of stuff and I think everybody thought he'd be Swansea manager it's just probably come I don't know maybe five or six years earlier than we all expected but yeah he's 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 done really well I think and some Swansea fans are some people will look at results and say it's not been perfect and it, and it hasn't been perfect but um, he came into the job the first game was obviously the big South Wales yeah. derby then he's had two games against Napoli who we were brilliant against and somehow didn't beat them we've played at Anfield Goodison twice and he had a you know a proper baptism of fire but he's He's done well, so yeah, I'm really happy with the appointment. Actually,
3: mm, you survived the curse of the UEFA Cup as well that the other mid-table teams tend to struggle with. Do you think this? Yeah, um, do you think this appointment will spring the players back into life? Maybe. Uh, what I mean is, there, there might have been a little bit complacency from some, especially if they didn't know who the manager was going to be next year, or was there always? Yeah. Or do you think there's always been that sort of feeling that he would get it permanently?
6: Um, I think most for if we stayed up, he would get the job, and I. I think some hit the panic button a bit, but I think most Swansea fans thought that we've been safe for quite a while now. We didn't think we'd really sink into it as, well, perhaps, perhaps we're a bit naive, perhaps we could have. But, um, yeah, it's, when he came in, uh, under Loudrop, we'd hit this, like, malaise. We just looked, we were just, it was, we are in first gear all the time. Loudrop couldn't even motivate us. There was something going on behind the scenes all the time, Um he's fallen out with players, he's supposedly quite lazy on the training pitch, he was jetting off to Paris days after we lost to West Ham and Gary Monk came in and he basically just said look, I've played under Roberto Martinez, Brendan Rodgers we're going to do it, how you know, he said they were the most successful spells he had at Swansea and we're going to do it like we did then and he took us sort of back to basics and you know, it's hard to tell with the press sometimes, but lots of players have come out into the press and say training has been brilliant. We want him as manager, so the players seem up for it an now. And like you said, maybe, maybe recently we've perhaps dropped a little bit again, but now he's permanent. I think
3: Swansea had like so, two months of um, playing sort of football in first gear. We've had about two and a half years of that. It sounded very a lot like Martin O'Neill there. Tom did it almost. When he was talking about there. Uh, He's yeah. Talking about Loudrup jetting off and stuff and
2: yeah. I mean, the the, the loud things interesting from our perspective because you know it's only sort of twelve months or so ago since he was one of the most fated managers in mm. you know in in Britain you know associated with jobs all over Tottenham Europe. And Tottenham and the like wasn't it? So yeah. what what, I mean, I heard what you said about loud up there. But do you think that there may be a, a section of your fans who who wanted a sort of so called big name continental name?
6: Um. I think I think some, like on our podcast last night, we were talking, saying that um, one of the lads on now was saying that he personally, he didn't say he was dead against Gary Monk, but he sort of, he, he didn't think it was quite right for now. And then I sort of said to him, but who else would we have instead? And the one manager, I'd say perhaps even since, we got rid of Martinez we've been constantly linked every time with Gaspard hmm. and obviously yeah. I think yeah, yeah, yeah well I was going to say I, I honestly believe that if he hadn't gone to Sunderland this season that when we sacked we I think we've interviewed him as well uh, at one point I think he might have been one of the front runners this time but obviously yeah. it's Just... not to be
2: just very quickly, could I just ask you one thing? That Laudrup was associated with, He's saying we'll have good contacts in Spain, and you, you know, you signed some really good players, you know, from yeah. from the continent, um, you know, either permanently or, or on loan. Do you, do you think that sort of trend will, will still happen under Monk?
6: how oh, that's the, that's the one. That's one thing I'm a bit concerned about. To be honest with you, um, it, we don't really know what sort of contacts he has. To be honest with you, because obviously we haven't seen him work in a transfer window and he's been a player for us for 10 years he's not really done that much coaching with us either Um, so yeah that's the one it's a bit of a grey area with Monk I really don't know what to expect but you know I I don't think it's just um, Lounge up that had them contact so we've had scouts out in Spain since Martinez Martinez obviously brought the first wave of Spaniards over with people like Rangel and well he's the only one left now we had a lot of that played in the football league with us that did a good job and moved on and yeah, perhaps we've lost that sort of that attractiveness of oh, you can play for like the great Michael Laudrup. But cool. Michel Vorm is in the press today saying, you know, Swansea got this reputation now as a good, solid club with a, a distinctive, attractive style of football. So you'd like to think that that might win players over. But yeah, that remains to be seen. I guess.
3: Mm, that was a great question, that Tom and uh, Matt. What's your uh, thoughts on? situation with key then who's been on loan to us this season i mean i think about a month ago um some fans you know would have really really pushed for him to return we would have really liked that i don't I, if i'm being honest i don't think the move's likely now likely to happen what, what's your opinion and thoughts on it
6: um well actually i asked him um, gareth when he was on our podcast last night about that and he said something similar to what you just said um um, personally, I'll, I'll tell you now. I can see you here. Uh, on my radiator, there's a Ki Sung Young T-shirt, which <laughs> I bought for four pound in the club shop last summer before he went to you, and it's got yeah. So I'm quite a big fan of his. I thought he was a good, you know, typical Swansea footballer. I thought he's, I thought he's actually one of the things we were lacking. He could play. Obviously, we've got this tikka taka supposed sort of football, but I think he was one of the few players that could play a killer pass and. Play someone in, and not many of our players were trying that. And it, you know, his first season for us before Christmas, he was, I guess, similar to what he was like for you. He was excellent, and he picked up an injury just before Christmas, and he never quite sort of came back the same. And I don't know, over the summer, we signed some more midfielders, and there was talk of him and Loudjuk not being yeah. on great uh, terms. Yeah. Uh, I could be but wrong. Firstly, here. I think.
1: Sorry, I could be wrong here, but am I right in thinking that um, not long after Gary Monk got the job, he sort of made a couple of comments yeah. about how ridiculous it was having the likes of the talent of Key out on loan when he should really be back at the club?
6: Um, yeah, that's what I was going to come on to. What Gary Monk has said in the press, like I think it was, like you said, not long after he got the job, actually, is that Key is someone he's a big fan of and, you know, he's given the impression that... Um, Key will be with us next season well I think Gary Monk wants him with us I don't know what how Key feels perhaps he feels a bit left out by the club he's been he's been quite quiet to be honest he's not really said much about his Swansea future Key um, and there's a couple of like people like Jose Canas who looked quite good in the loudrop and then sort of faded a bit um, Gary Monk seems to be blanking him out a bit so perhaps he could come in and sort of take that squad place so, yeah, I think he'll come back. and Personally, I really hope he does because, like I said, I think Gary Monk wants to play this attack in football and I think he does that. He's got a bit more, I don't know, drive about him than perhaps, say, someone like Leon Britton who's a bit more of a tidy, safe footballer.
5: Yeah.
4: I, think, I think the issue with Key is he's such a... I think his profile in career is so important to him because, obviously, he's regarded there as the the David 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 Beckham Beckham, of Korea basically and then I think around the time he got injured for Swansea I seem to recall he'd had a bit of a funny falling out maybe with the national side and he ended up on the bench for a game and I think there was a bit of uproar about it and then his dad did that interview um, sort of saying sort of criticizing things and then there was the whole he'll only get seen by Korean doctors he won't you know, see the the Swansea Doctors and when you look at his situation at Sunderland it kind of you know, was getting towards the World Cup, we were bottom of the league, all of a sudden his performance has kinda of dipped and then all of a sudden he's got an injury and you're kind of thinking, Well, is this the kind of player you want around your, your football club and are you gonna pay six million quid for the for somebody who only turns up when it's you know when he loves you know, he against um Fulham you know, he had a great game and we beat them four one around sort of Christmas time and he's like, you know, running up with the Sunderland supporters and sort of gesturing that he wants to stay at Sunderland and then three months later he basically you know, he's got a sore knee gaffer and I can't play, and that's that, you know. I'll
3: see, I'll see the National Doctors again. I'll see the National yeah. Doctors, and you can't, you know. It's got loud, the louder fallout on it. Uh, yeah, and, uh, exactly. Become yeah. a little a bit more clear as now. I'll come to the lads here talking about the about the Sunderland side and who we think we should play. Um, I guess the logical thing to say is unchanged. You know, we've, we've won... F- it's five on the bounce? We've won f- four, or four on the four bounce, of the bounce and one draw. Yeah, yeah. Four, four on the bounce and one draw. However, there was a lot of... Um, People around me yesterday saying because we're safe now, because it's the last game of the season, they would like to see the likes of Jack O'Reilly maybe being rewarded with a start, especially considering Adam Johnson hasn't been great the last couple of games. What's your thoughts on that, Tom?
2: Yeah, I mean the, the, there is a there is a case for that, but I think uh, poirier has got to you know stay true to himself because you know we could still finish twelfth if we win on Sunday, um, and I think that's quite an incentive. Because the, although we know what this season's been like, and roller coaster just doesn't come into it, the history books will, sh- you know, could show that we finished twelfth and reached the Wembley final, and that's that's not a bad season, you know, apart from beating Newcastle twice and ending Mourinho's record, etc., etc. Hmm. Um, it's going to look great this season yeah. in, in, in two <laughs> years' time. Absolutely, you want to get so, the stress of yeah. it. Yeah. So anyway, I, in answer to your question, I, I would keep this the same side that's as, as played the last few games, and, but give the likes of Jacques and possibly. Uh, Sokko, oh, a, a, a good 40-45 minutes in the second half.
3: Has
1: anyone got any strong opinions on, on team selections, Gary? No, I, I think I'm agreeing with Tom. I think uh, the lads, unless they've got any knocks and, and one of the two that might have been carrying niggles and put themselves through it just to make sure they got over the line unless that's the case and I think them lads deserve to, to run out in front of them fans again on Sunday and maybe give Ciacarini and, and Scott O uh, 45 minutes
4: I'd drop uh, Johnson and give start Areney. I think that's what a lot, lot of uh, people to sit next to me was saying um, um, uh, just give him 60 minutes and maybe give Scott half hour um, hmm. so in that area and then you know I think
3: is there any room for sentiment do we think like I mean we're assuming that he's going to st- he's going to offer some of these players contracts I'm not going to get into that now because we're, we're going to have a sort of end of season podcast for all that stuff but possibly Phil Bardsley's last game possibly Jack last game any room for sentiment or not no. they, don't, they, de- they tend not uh, to be in football
4: Jack contracted to Sunderland so yeah, uh, he's yeah, not on loan yeah, yeah. Um, more the Bardsley one um, Bardsley no, no. Um, definitely not um, you can't drop any of the back four no you? Um, you absolutely not and uh, I'd say Jack Arene's earned uh, an opportunity to to have a to have a go from the start, maybe whereas Johnson recently hasn't, and let, and let,
3: and let Johnson become the impact sub to come on later,
4: maybe yeah. And I think Barini, you know, deserves to have a good seventy-five, eighty minutes, and then
3: break my heart, take him, go take go him off and break get heart.
4: the get the um, the the that he deserves for a fantastic six months since November. He's been phenomenal. So I know we were talking last night, uh, Matt, and we still yeah. fondly remember at Swansea as well.
6: Yeah, definitely. Um, like when you say, and it, then it'll break, it'll break your heart when he goes. Um, mm. but obviously, we got he played in the playoff final for us to got us into the Premier League, and he was, you know, excellent in that, although he didn't score. Um, and our fans, I think the next day we obviously celebrating again for the Premier League, but we we're all like, oh, hopefully we can sign Barini now. Hopefully we can get him, and then it came out this deal was done with Palmer, and our hearts just sank. Him. Mm yeah
2: he he's he's just a good professional was, isn't he? He just gives everything in every yeah. game even if he doesn't play particularly well like he's a manager's dream because he, they don 't have to say anything to him they know he'll give everything for the cause
3: we're going to miss those runs more than anything Gareth. Aren't we? those runs off the ball. like the goal he scored for when Larson chipped the ball over mm. and rightly so again Larson gets the the credit for the sublime little chip that it was, but the run. He spotted the run from Barini. it was similar to the one he scored mm-hmm. against Southampton when Johnson crossed the ball and he made that run from mm-hmm. left. Now people are saying if he leaves, Barini could do that role next season, but it, yeah, that's that's going to be a big miss, that, it is. That's uh, very, that instinctive little run, he times yeah. it perfectly. Yeah, it was
4: a great goal as well, the the goal against he scored last night or, or against just, West Bromwich Albion.
1: Just quickly, does anybody think we've got any chance? Of signing Barini? Yeah.
4: How much money have we got to spend? Mm. That's the issue. If we've only got 30 million quid to spend at the, the top end, mm. if you're gonna, it's going to cost you 11 million quid well, to buy the ju- Yeah, it
1: just my opinion is that possibly Liverpool are going to have Champions League money um, burning the pockets, you know, and they may go out and, and is he going to want to?
4: But they need a squad for the Champions League mm. and they've got one. Then the well,
6: day I mentioned, some of our fans have suggested that
3: no, you keep your hands Dude. up, I'll stop you right there. You right
6: <laughs> there. <laughs> All right.
3: What I will ask you though, Chuck, <laughs> what I will ask you is to, to go through the side you think it's likely to play for Swansea on Sunday.
6: Um, well, we told him last night, we don't know whether he's going to chuck some youngsters in, but I guess the most obvious side he's going to go with will be warming goals, um, Davis left back, probably Amat, centre-back again he's sort of come in for Chico past few weeks and Chico's been really dodgy recently <laughs> but I'm recently too much
0: better.
6: <laughs> well to be honest with you I, I'm quite a big fan of Chico I still think he's a, a brilliant defender in there but he just, he, he's just mental he's just <laughs> absolutely mental
3: um, he reminds me I, who, was it, who, was, who was that who went to Bolton again from Real Madrid um, Ivan Campbell Ivan, yeah oh. that's who he reminds probably. me he's a bit erratic like that isn't he
6: yeah, he is. he's a good. He's a really. I, he's a bit like um, David Luiz, actually. Where yeah. I think he'd make a good midfielder, Chico as well. He's well, really good on the ball. Wasn't he just,
3: it? Move to midfield. Yeah,
6: I just think sometimes he thinks he's better than he actually is, and takes too long and then lest someone else take the ball off him. And right back, we don't really, we're not sure about because Rangel's injured, and we've played Taylor there once or twice. But T and Dali played last week, who's absolutely shocking. So. <laughs> Hopefully, he won't play and we'll play Taylor. Um, Leon and John Joe in the middle. And then probably Pablo, Dyer, and Wayne Routledge behind Big Wolf. That's mm. probably what we'll get, the usual.
3: Right. Um, people... Yeah,
4: sorry, it was just because last night we were talking we we're talking about the possibility of maybe some youngsters being given opportunity. Now, we saying, well, there isn't really. I mean, there's El Bar who, you know. Is somebody who might get a a bit of a run out at some point because he was on the bench last night. Um, but we obviously got on the talking about Duncan Watmore. So do we you want to do you want uh, tell tell me what tell all the voters what you told me about Duncan Watmore because you seemed very excitable when we started discussing.
6: <laughs> yeah, I, I basically I didn't. Even, it sort of just came to me in the middle of the podcast. I sort of forgot you, that Sunderland. But um, I was saying to Gareth last night, I do a bit of. I do a lot of ground hopping and through that I've ended up doing scouting for a unnamed football league team and I went to watch Altrinum last year and I'd heard his name crop up a bit and I thought I'd go have a look at him and it was 90 minutes of just just pure joy he was absolutely incredible I've never seen anyone like him in non-league football before or since and I, like, I said, like I said to Gareth last night he looks like a really sort of awkward scruffy ginger messy and when I saw him play anyway but um, yeah I was, I just phoned the chief scout of this team and just said honestly I said I can't believe how good he was and the chief scout went to watch him and said yeah he's going to the Premier League he isn't what's well, so a just
3: bypassed bi- the club you, you, were, you were connected <laughs> with then
6: yes well yeah they, they're quite low down the pyramid we'll say it right, sounds like Hartley
3: Pill. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, OK. Do we? I want to go around and get predictions from everyone. Do you want to start then, Matt?
6: Um, I quite like the idea we came up with last night. We said perhaps a few goals. I'll go 2-0. I will go 2 all. i will not go as crazy as we said last night. I'll go 2-0. I will
4: go 2 all. can not remember. I think I said 2 it doesn't matter. Or... Just go with your heart all right. now. Go I'm going to say a high score and draw. I think it'll be one of those. A, maybe a 2-2 or a 3-2 or a 3-3. Either way. I don't really care to be honest at this stage <laughs> I we want to finish, <laughs> as long finish as it's 12th a, yeah, it's the more good, money you get yeah, now yeah, finishing yeah. the higher up so it would be nice, nice to finish up just, as many yeah. teams Wasted as we possibly
3: in the can summer.
1: yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> Gar- um, Gary I'm
1: going to go 2-1 Sunderland
3: nice and positive Tom
2: yeah I'll go 2 nil Sunderland I just you know like everybody else at the high a kite I'm like Gareth as well or you know I think uh, B will be the the agenda on Sunday <laughs> beer and, and, and beer just, will and, be the winner and just yeah. and just seeing people you know it was good coming out of the game last night knowing that we're safe and just seeing people and that's that's people all we smile, ask for isn't you it? know it's yeah. just nice like to it? see a bit of happiness that's all we want you just want to see
1: a little bit of positivity my, in, my, in the yeah, positives of player, don't you really yeah, my missus doesn't really get football but she's just kept looking at me and going you've still got that stupid grin on your face <laughs> but I just, I've, I've, just, I've just felt euphoric all oh day to be the best word i use for it I just I've just been high as a kite all day, it's been brilliant
3: Question of the week time as always we'll finish on and more tickets to give away Uh, people will be probably more happy about that now because we're playing well, all the glory hunters and that (laughs) Uh, two tickets for the game on Sunday against Swansea, I will hand it over to Gareth Barker
4: yeah, so question of the week was um, basically if you could uh, buy a, a present for Gus, what would it be and, and why? Um, maybe a bit premature because we weren't safe at the time when I set the question. That's but uh, just confidence yeah, for yeah, it was, like and, the players, uh,
3: like the players' confidence.
4: Aye, so, yeah, so now we don't look as silly as we, Trans- we possibly could style. have. So, the first answer from Anthony Thirkle, um, I'd buy him a superhero costume because he is a superhero T- Technically, I don't know if that works. Benji said uh, a snood with his initials GP on it. What? You mean he's already got one like that? God, he's hard to buy for. Graham Rooney, Lionel Messi, David Conlon said that as well. Um, ben said he'd buy him. It's, it's buy his son Diego for next season and then he'd, his missus would move up and everything would be cush forever. Uh, <laughs> Dino said uh, I'd buy him a huge toothbrush so he can brush his gleaming, beautiful teeth. Uh, Ryan Kelly a wizard's hat because he's been magical for us. Um Sam said a snood without GP on it. Um David Boyle said um, some bait from Borneo's and a few pints of stones in the Willow Pond. Uh Craig Clark, Virginie, um he clearly loves him and I do too. Uh Martin Nixon, um, I would get that miracles do happen banner framed and give it to her Gus on Sunday. Uh Dawson Pies said a shelf for him to put all his snoods more snood based uh, comedy there I think a rack would be more appropriate than a shelf yeah. something with, with hangers um, Richard James Purden, a pair of sandals all that walking on water will ruin his dress shoes um, Claire Howard do you know her? Name rings a bell yeah um, a bourbon street tape a fist pump to what, what, what's that? <laughs>
3: Cannot remember Bourbon, Bourbon Street, Bourbon Street, like Bourbon the S- rave disco from back in the day in Sunderland.
4: Oh right, okay. One of them Charva things. Yeah. Okay. yeah. You 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 knocked around in that segment before <laughs> you came too. Like I wasn't uh, one of those no. I wasn't a scratter. I was uh, more uh, a Q club man, I wasn't.
1: There.
4: <laughs> uh Ross Robson, uh Cristiano Ronaldo, because he's the next best thing if we do lose Barini. Uh Darren Holland, a Toberone, um I suggested um I asked him which kind of Toblerone he said, a large Toblerone. Um, but, yeah, I think um, Gus, after that uh, Spurs game, was on his way to Dundee in bare feet, part Rajesque, so I guess a Toblerone's probably appropriate. Um, Adam Rossiter said, the house next door, love thy neighbour and all that. Uh, Chief Wiggum said, uh, I'd give him every penny left over from my student loan after rent. He uh, won't see this, so it's fine, right? Well, we we'll <laughs> could contact the club. Uh, Matt Anderson, uh, get us a new contract for Quinney after all, <laughs> rolled back the years with a quality diving header. He's he's saying it's a diving header, so and a header. Yeah, Very debatable. falling header. A crumbling It header. was like Brian Dean when he knocked that header down for Stephen Elliott and scored against Ipswich. He had a very good contribution
3: like Brian Dean. Well, he
4: had a contribution. I it thought was, he was
3: very positive was the last few games. Yeah, it was, was all right. Well,
4: didn't he? Um, Tommy Boyd said he'd give him a DVD the first five games of the season. That should give him a chuckle. Uh, John Oliver said uh, a new Sunderland tankard because he's never going to have to buy a drink in Sunderland again. Uh, GSDFTMO4 said a contract extension, double maxing an hour last if need be. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if you saw out the door on Twitter last night. I did, yeah. Uh, which it's was very pretty. News and news. It was fair play that It was quite funny. So um, Michael Graham, he got well. Some of these people can't win, so. Um, a man hug don't mean just your normal hug. I mean a hold on for dear life, tear te- in the eye, borderline physical assault. Don't know if that's a present. Connor Smith said Connor Smith uh, said cherry bonbons. I don't know if he's got a something maybe he knows something we don't. And uh, James O'Brien finally uh, buying those wooden beads that dads had in the back in the day for the back of his uh, for the for the seat aboard the Gus bus. I didn't read that one out very well, so I, th- I quite like that one. I've ruined it, <laughs> so sorry, James. But that's it,
1: right? Any any spring to mind for anybody? My 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 personal favourite. It's, bit, bit, it's not really funny or anything, but my personal favourite was the uh, the the sign with uh, miracles Do happen. That was the one I thought. First that was as my well. favourite as well. Yeah,
2: because it did look pretty ridiculous when we first saw yeah. it. Even it though I did like
3: the guy who offered his wife and everybody in yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the package as well. We, we, we
1: haven't seen his wife, though. <laughs> <laughs> you you, you <laughs> might <you laughs> <you laughs> never know. Uh, yeah.
4: <laughs> Josie Outdoors hacked the studio <laughs> and <laughs> possessed. It's your blonde. Yeah,
3: yeah. I'm happy with that, if people okay. are happy with that Well, one.
4: That, I'd highlighted that one as one of my favourites, so it's a winner. So, Martin Nixon, um, you've won two tickets to the... Um, the match on Sunday. Woo! That's um, Church Street Twenty Nine on Twitter. I always mention the Twitter thing now, so you can follow them if you want and enjoy. The gives en- one of them tickets. Enjoy <laughs> the I <laughs> can be friends with them, and uh, yeah, that'll be good. That'll be a good day out.
1: I- I'm, I'm pleased you didn't read out the one who was offering his wife. There have been a few people trying. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll I could actually. I'll have a go, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
4: But Josie will be on to him. Follow, yeah. follow. Yeah.
2: What's that expression? Picks, <laughs> <laughs> picks. Aye, oh, dear. Well,
3: yeah. Anyway, best of leave move that yeah, conversation right on. there. Best left unsolved. A- anybody else got anything to add before I wrap it up? No. No,
4: I've got no imagination.
3: No. Just like Gary said though, you've, you've just heard big. You've heard enough. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. Sorry. Oh. No, he's oh. you've so, oh. sandbagged them. That was uh, very Kevin Phillips under Harold Wilkinson. Yeah. Dismissive sort of <laughs> yeah. gest- hand gestures there. Harold
4: Wilkinson now in charge I, apologize, Tom. I didn't mean. I didn't mean a cut in.
3: I didn't mean a cut in there. I don't think he's my mate now, I'm not going to lift home. Right, OK, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks to my guests for coming on, Tom Lane, Gary Foster, Gareth Barker's been here with me as always. We've done it, everybody, we've done it. Now we can sit back and relax. Get your vocal cords ready for Sunday, though, get behind the lads. Over and out. <laughs>